Hi, I'm Neil Malasa. I'm the co-producer of This Week in Louisiana Agriculture, and this is Twyla After Hours. Joining me is my other co-producer, Carl Wiggers. Say hi, Carl. <laughs> hey, we've also got with us Kristen and, and Avery, who help co-host the show. We've got our two co-hosts and two co-producers. Yeah. Got all the people that, or not all the people, some of the people that work on the show. What we'd like to do is go through the show and kind of talk about each of the stories because there's so much that goes on. I know with, with mine, there there is a certain, I, I, just a huge amount that I can't, I couldn't even begin to show in the two or three minutes of the, the story that was there. But uh, first off, we're going to talk about the lead story, which is the Morganza Spillway opening and all of the flooding effects. Taylor Fry led off the show this week, and it's because she's from Morganza. Unfortunately, she couldn't be with us here in the studio. But Avery, I know uh, this is something that's, um, you know, I, that, that's gotten a lot of attention, not just here on Twyla, but a lot of the media starting to cover us and cover it and pick up that story. But I think Taylor's uh, angle brings a certain human interest element, don't you think? Well, I mean, she's from there. So, I mean, that's what makes a lot of the difference. But there's also been a lot of coverage coming in from the advocate here in Baton Rouge, WAFB. Uh, we've seen lots of outside media actually covering it. Uh, one of the news stations led their newscast with an agriculture story. That was you pretty know? cool. Yeah. When you, you don't normally think about that when you turn on your 6 o'clock news, and the first story is about agriculture. They didn't even go to the anchors. They showed video of the fields and then went straight into the story. And I just thought that was really cool, and it, it kind of shows how important this is to everybody. And Taylor is our former intern, too, so that's another connection to the story. Yeah. One of the things that was neat, I actually was on the phone with my brother, who lives in Franklin Parish, on, on the way home to lunch today, and he was calling, he was like, hey, what's going on with the Morganza? Because they're talking about it, even in Monroe, because it affects everybody in Louisiana, and it's pretty neat. I mean, this, That's a pretty good segue into the my story about the 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 preps and everything, one of the things Garrett Graves kept bringing up and you saw in the story, this is not Louisiana water causing this problem. This is water from all up north, all around the country. I say all around the country is what, 36 states yeah, that are that's drained? Yeah, two-thirds of the United States is drained and drains into the Mississippi River. Right. So. Some of that comes in from Canada as well. Right. So that's why he's making the case that the federal government needs to step in and do something because we didn't create this problem in Louisiana. Well, 100 percent of the country benefits from the economic boon that the Mississippi River brings. And I know um, right now, even though it, it doesn't affect, uh, it, it's only affecting a certain part of the state. It's not just the Morganza area. I mean, in my story, we we went up north and we've been covering the stuff where Carl is. There's backwater that's, you know, part of this whole deal that, uh, you know, it's part of this drainage stuff. It's the Red River is causing all that backup and and I know it's just a, a huge amount of water that's affecting a lot of people in Louisiana. It's growing every single day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's something that happens every year for a lot of people. And it seems like, a, and you talked about this on the show, you and Neil did, how it's becoming more and more common for farmers like your husband to be fighting this water that's coming across, you know, even seepage water or water that's just backing up through bayous just from these other Red River, Beff River, Washita, Black River, these these rivers that are really starting to find their way into the, the ditches and the fields. Yeah. No, it, we farm very close to the Mississippi River, you know, close to Vidalia. But, you know, it seems like in the last few years, it's I've heard his parents talking that this was, you know, a once in 20 year thing where you have to worry about moving furniture out of your house because it might flood because they're so close to the river. But it's happening in 2011. It's happening in 2016. You know, it's just, it's it, with the rain and the river flooding on top of that, 
It's a lot of flooding issues happen in Louisiana. Yeah, what? I, I'm. I'll play the ignorant guy here. What, you do that well. <laughs> what causes? What causes that? You know, like the backing up of water. I mean, is, is, does the Mississippi not have enough room to flow all that for all that water to flow? Well, there there are some people who uh, speculate that what's happening is up north. The there's some sediment buildup, and so that's actually may raise the bottom of the Mississippi River, which then raises where it is at the top. Because pretty much all the dredging that happens is going to be the lower Mississippi right. from Baton Rouge on south. Because when you're going up north, you're doing it by barge. You don't need deep draft. And Commissioner Mike Strain could tell you all about it a lot more than I could. But that's leading to higher water levels at a, or the water being higher because the water bottom is higher, if that makes any sense. That's what my doctor yesterday, he was mentioning that, you know, it, decades they have not dredged, dredged the river and he said he remembered growing up that they dredged it all the time and he said he used the analogy of like a bathtub he said if you've already got half a tub of water and you add more water on top of that he said it's not going to hold the full capacity that the bathtub could hold he said it's that the same way with the mud so i wonder what it would take for them to start dredging well it takes money north. i mean that's and, and and the political will to do it and that's what we've got to to start doing i think uh pretty much everybody's in agreement that infrastructure is a big issue in the united states and this is one of the biggest ones because the mississippi river does have a fix for this and that is to flow down another channel. Once it gets too high, it just finds another river course and it flows down. And it's been wanting to flow down the Atchafalaya River for quite some time. But it's it's not just that. I mean, it could find a different river channel further north. It could flow right through the middle of Monroe if, if it wanted to. I mean, it's 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 just uh, it's so if we don't dredge this stuff, the Mississippi River is going to find a way. Is that where the old river structure comes into play? No, the old river structure is lower than that. It's down. Uh, closer to kind of between Morganza and Monterey. It's it's in there right where the Red and the Atchafalaya and the Mississippi River all meet. It's a, it's a critical uh, piece I'm of talking infrastructure. About those, is that where the Red River, I mean, the old river control structure, is that where that helps to keep the river from diverting yes, into the Atchafalaya Yes, that's right one there? of the big purposes of it, yes. Oh, because it would have already moved into the Atchafalaya and we could Long, kiss Morgan City ago. and Berwick goodbye. Those are, the, those are the ones that would go away because they would be flooded but then you'd have the commerce in Baton Rouge and New Orleans go away because there wouldn't be enough water for the ships to come up. It also re- doesn't it relieve pressure off of the river. So when you get when it gets down there around New Orleans, where the levees have failed in the past, to some degree, because they're able to divert right. Mississippi water into the Atchafalaya, and then all of the red also goes into the Atchafalaya, which is kind of interesting. I was reading up about that in one of the articles I think you posted uh, on the Twyla Facebook page. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's interesting how it all works, and I just hope it, it <laughs> I hope we can do you, something to alleviate the situation, because those farmers in Morganza, this this is a tough pill to swallow. You've got to be worried about it, Kristen, because, I mean, that where we were, I mean, it looked like a lake in those in those 2,000 acres of Luke Sayers, you know, uh, field. And it's really, really close to Monterey. I mean, and that water's just getting... I wasn't too worried before, but I guess I'm getting a little, <laughs> a little more worried now that you say that. Good well, job, Neil. One of the things that my brother was asking me on the phone was, should we be worried about the old river control structure going away or, or failing or whatever it was? What's the chan- what are the chances of that happening? I mean, that's a question for the Army Corps of Engineers. And my, my humble opinion, Mother Nature finds a way. 
Yeah. Well, it's it's a serious issue. I mean, even if the chances are really low, which they do spend a lot of you know time and effort into maintaining that structure. But um, if it fails, like uh, there's an article out right now that says it is a national issue. We've got that that uh, story. Kristen put it up it's on global on Twilight. Yeah, global a, issue. well, it'll affect the the global economy, but uh, the United States will be the bear the brunt of it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's it's it's definitely something to keep up with. Uh, I feel I feel like I, I learned a little bit just now, but there's so much to learn. You said it's such a complex uh, thing to learn about. That's why they have an entire core of engineers, a bunch of uh, people who have much more advanced degrees than we do, than our paltry little liberal arts degrees working on this. <laughs> well, I, you know, let's move on to something I think we know a little bit more about, which is the legislator, legislature. And Carl, you've been doing a lot of grassroots government. There's a lot going on right now in this session. There is. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we talked about a few weeks ago in the show was the Farmer's Card, uh, which is a program. Uh, Avery, you, pro- you did the story on it, but it's mm-hmm. the program that, you know, gives the farmers uh, the ability to get that tax um, exemption. Exemption. Oh, Thank I, th- you. I thought it was what you and Kristen played every time, you know, we bring up farming experience. You play the yeah. farmer's oh, card. I, I do use the farmer's card every now and then. <laughs> Funny guy. <laughs> but uh, Avery, one of the things that got added this time around, this session, is the ability for landowners to get those same exemptions that... Um, that farmers get. And that's important because you have a lot of landowners who actually put in on buying the seed, buying the fer- the fertilizer, getting the fertilizer with the tenant farmer. So it's important that they have that tax exemption as well. You know, this all came about uh, so that there was some kind of proof that you should get this tax exemption. There's still a little bit of debate that I think is going to go on in the next uh, legislative session, but we'll see how that, that goes about because there are some, I'm not going to say who, but there are some who believe that if you're growing a garden in your backyard, you shouldn't be taxed on any of your inputs because the Louisiana Constitution says that any even food grown for personal consumption is tax exempt. I could get on board I'm with that. tax exempt myself. I've got some tomatoes in my backyard today. <laughs> Well, for I mean, for someone, for Landon, I mean, what is this going to, how does this impact you as far as, I mean, what is he looking at if, if this were to go away? Oh, my gosh. Are you talking about the card or are the actual the, the, the exemptions? Taxes? Yeah. I mean, what, oh, what is the, what do those exemptions mean well, as a farmer? you're talking about everything that it, it takes to do, to complete business, which the fertilizer, the seed, all of these are huge expenses, which... You know, just like in that news story last night, what Ted Glazer was saying, even if you, your crop insurance recoups your cost for the for the crop that you lost, you still don't get that back for the fertilizer, the seed, all of the spray, all those different things that you put in. And so those things are very expensive inputs. And every little bit helps when you can pull off something, you know, when it comes to taxes. But in the end, the help isn't really there for the farmer. It's there for the consumer because That's right. if... Right. You had to pay the taxes. If the farmer had to pay the taxes on all of that, well, then the cost of that commodity has to go up. So the people who end up paying for it are those who are least able to because the price of food would go up. And that was the original intent of having that exemption there was not to protect the farmers per se, but to protect consumers from having to bear the brunt of that for something that's necessary for living. 
It's kind of a toss-up, though. You know, oftentimes it's it's really hard for farmers to pass on that. I mean, first they would suffer, and then the consumers. Right. You've got that, you know, That's going true. on down the line. I think I think it would affect both in equal equal measure. Well, let's uh, move on to one last thing, which is the crawfish prices. We've been covering this for the Louisiana Promotion and uh, Research Board there, and they've done a great job uh, sponsoring us throughout this year. And and one of the things that uh, that ties back into earlier of what we were talking about when this water comes down the Atchafalaya, that's going to be pretty much the end of the wild-caught crawfish this season. I mean, we're, we are coming to the end of the season here, but it's going to affect them almost completely. I mean, of course, uh, a lot of the growers there who have their crop in the Atchafalaya Basin are going to lose it, but many of them, they know it's a risk and they have, like Clayton Hurdle, I know, has crops in both in and out of the basin. So he's going to have at least something to help him through. But the the wild trappers, I don't know what what, what they're going to do. But fortunately, this is toward the end of the, the season. It's not going to affect anyone who's farming crawfish. Uh, I think the bigger question is going to come uh, when we start looking at oyster harvests because mm. yeah, you've got all this Morgan City. Yeah, all this additional fresh water that's going to be coming out uh, through the Chafalaya, and you already have the Bonnie Carey open, so that's affecting the oyster beds there. Right, as well as the crab crab catch because crab right. season's getting ready to take off. And generally, what happens when that when that when they un- open the Bonnie Carey is the crab season is down, but then it picks back up as all those nutrients you know start to have a more ready food source for those crabs. You really know a lot about crabs. <laughs> I love my favorite seafood of of you, all you time. When you start I, talking, about I do. I, any any time I can eat Louisiana blue crabs, I can. I think that about does it for uh, our Twyla After Hours. I want to thank Carl, Avery, and Kristen for joining me here, and uh, hopefully you'll get to see the show. Log on to our website, twilatv.org. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and even share it with a friend or two. Also, if you liked it, go ahead and leave us a review. Tell us what you think about the show. What would you like to hear more of? What do you not like that much? That's okay to hear, too. The Twyla After Show podcast is brought to you by the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Louisiana Farm Bureau is the voice of Louisiana agriculture. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you again right here next week.